This episode of Thrifters Villa is sponsored by Swanson Health. Swanson Health has been producing quality vitamins and supplements, foods, healthy home and self-care products for over 50 years since 1969 from the heart of America. Swanson Health is the only company to offer the full spectrum of wellness products for mind, body, and home, from quality vitamins and supplements to cruelty-free beauty items to eco-friendly home products. Swanson Health is here to keep you healthy. They carry over 20,000 wellness products at a great value. Pick up all of your favorite health products, plus discover new ones for your wellness routine, all while leaving money in your pocket. And you know how much we resellers like to save money. If you want to try any of Swanson Health's great products for yourself, use code VILLA20 for 20% off on swanson.com. Thanks so much, and now back to our show. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Thrifters Villa, a podcast for resellers and entrepreneurs. I'm Daniela. And I'm Lori, and today we are going to have a fun, lighthearted conversation with all of you. We are going to talk to you about our best and our worst thrifting or sourcing experiences. Fun, fun. This is going to be fun. We are also (laughs) going to talk about some things we could probably do differently if we were going to go back in time. You know, like if I were to start all over again, what would I do different? I'm sure you can all relate. Okay. I'm excited. Let's get started. (laughs) These are my favorite podcasts, Daniela, when we just like totally dish and get caught up on just fun stuff like this. This is fun. I'm excited. I know. A little gossip session, but not gossip session all the kind same Kind of. Time. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> a little so, reseller tea. How was your fourth? It was good. It was good. Happy 4th of July, everyone who was listening. Um, sure. it, it was this past weekend. I mean, it's Sunday, so... Mm-hmm. yesterday whatever um it was good you know family time um, my sister's birthday is today but we usually celebrate it on the fourth so that's what we did yesterday oh yeah so that was fun you know, and my dad's birthday is actually on the fourth of july so which is that. awesome yep so we celebrated with him it was low-key this year but um usually we have like a joint party because my birthday's next week and my dad's is this week and it's usually like a big cookout situation but you know he just had surgery so he was home. It was a very quiet, different 4th of July for my dad. This isn't the usual firecracker day you're used to. Well, happy (laughs) early birthday to you, Lori. Oh gosh. Thank you. You're welcome. And happy birthday to your dad. Oh, stop it. (laughs) (laughs) And then I hope he's feeling a little better. He's feeling great, getting stronger every day. He's the cutest. He turned 73 yesterday. Oh, yeah. So what's been going on? Um, so I've been doing a lot of sourcing, but like sourcing that is meaningful to my business, if that makes sense. So last week I released a video on YouTube about like going through my data and looking at the um, Sarah Styles dashboard, about the sales and the trends and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. And and I, and I downloaded, so I had previously the other two dashboards, the inventory and the sales dashboard, which we've talked on here before as well. So yeah. I looked at that first and then I looked at the sales and trends and I've been using that for my sourcing because I think it's important to know what it is that actually sells for you, right? So I think when you actually see it in front of you, it all yeah. starts to click and it starts to make sense. Mm-hmm. So I've been doing a lot of online sourcing, which we've talked about too. And that's been going really great. 
Um, thrift store sourcing has been awful, except for this past weekend. For whatever reason, it's been amazing, um, which is great because maybe it's enough. Maybe it started going that direction, which would be really nice. Yeah. Um, but I'm sourcing very specific brands, and they're selling really quickly in my closet. And I'm having a lot of sales the last couple of weeks, and it's just been really, really great. And I hope it stays this way. I I'm just, so happy for you. I feel yeah. like you have pep in your step again. Yes, I'm very excited for it. I think that. Um, it helps that I'm sourcing very specific items from my closet. Like I'm not just grabbing whatever I'm finding. I'm yeah. really looking for specific things and specific styles and um, just that, just those categories that do really well for me that are going to give me a higher average sale price. Sure. So, and I think if you're sourcing certain brands and your customers get to know you for mm -hmm. like, as somebody who has a closet filled with Madewell, filled with Everlane, I know those are two brands you love, you know, like they'll continue to come back. And I think um, it's in a sense, curating your closet a bit. Yeah. And that will help with repeat customers, which is wonderful. Yeah, that's been really good. And um, yeah, just I'm feeling a little bit better. I don't even want to say it out loud. I'm feeling a little bit better. I'm still having some issues, but I have some answers and it makes me feel, you know, like, okay, I kind of know what direction I need to go in. So it's it, overall, it's been a pretty good pretty good week. What that's about you, Lori? Year. So good news with health, good news with yes. business. That's all great, Danielle. I'm happy to hear that. Yeah. What about you? What's going on with you? You just came back from the Cape. So uh, yes. Um, so every year, my one of my best friends and I, we take, we go, uh, first year we went to Rockport. Last year we went to the Cape and then the kids voted to go back to the Cape this year. She has four kids. I have three. And then we have a lot of just stragglers who join us. <laughs> and um, so I think at one point we had 11 kids down there. And um, yeah, so we rented a place at the Cape. The husbands stay home and we go during the week and we just have so much fun. It's It's really a time for the kids to just hang out with their friends. So many of their friends are down the Cape during the summer. So we were in Hyannis, which is not typically a place that I go to when I'm on the Cape. It's kind of just a busy place. And usually we go a little bit on lower to lower Cape, but anyways, it was great. It was a great location. We were walking distance to the ocean. Downtown was close and it was the week before 4th of July and it was not busy, which was really exciting for multiple reasons because we still need to social distance and that literally you know i think i counted like five other like blankets on the beach it was oh, wow just so quiet i mean downtown hyenas was busy at times but not by normal cape standards and as i was saying to you before we uh went live rocco spent the night at a friend's house in falmouth yesterday and it was an hour and 23 minutes door to door to the cape which is completely unheard of like yeah. i've never driven to the Cape with so little traffic, let alone on the 4th of July. So definitely a quieter time, uh, which I actually prefer. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, so we had fun at the Cape and just trying to bounce back and stay on my schedule. I was also saying to you how, you know, Wednesday and Sunday are my video release dates. And I did like thrift with me on the Cape, which was really fun um, and included the kids in that video on Wednesday, but I'm shooting, editing, processing, and listing my videos same day. I did the same thing today before I jumped on the podcast recording. So I'm a little tapped out. I'm looking forward to shopping tomorrow. I think I'm going to wake up, do my shipping and head out to shop. And I'm so excited. So you're still shipping in the morning, huh? Oh, that was actually part of what my video was about. Like I haven't watched it yet, okay? Because it came out at 7.20. Oh yeah, it came out like a <laughs> half an hour ago. No, um, it was, yes, it's 10 tips on 
you know, how to reorganize for the fall because I typically get really amped up in August for reorganization. Mm -hmm. I talk about this in my video, just that the academic year is my new year. And I also yeah. started my reselling business in August. So that is in alignment with the kids going back to school. So August is like my January 1st and I order my new planner and I just get back to a routine and I start cooking more and all that. And I'm, I'm just looking at how different the landscape is going to be this year yeah. because, you know, Jay is home at least until October and yep. uh, that's already been decided. And I think Rocco's going to be in school. I don't know if he's going to be every other day. I think right. Angie and Anthony are going to be at Penn State. They may, they may be at Penn State with all online learning. So I'm just trying to think of a way to get organized and in my routine of things in this new normal and just try to snap back to some routine because I miss it. So that's what my video is about tonight. So yeah, I'm excited here I am. to watch it. Hmm? I said I'm excited to watch it. Oh, well, I hope you enjoy it. Of course, I always do. <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk about the best and worst thrifting experiences. And this idea just kind of came to me the other day, and I was like, I don't know, let's, and, and Lori had mentioned she wanted to do a light, fun-hearted conversation, and I was all for it. So, you know, this idea of let's just talk about our experiences thrifting, like what are the best things that ever happened while we're thrifting, and what are some of the not so great things that maybe we don't always share um, that happens while we're sourcing or, you know, wherever we are, whether it's a thrift store, consignment store, bins. Yes. Whatever. And this is going to be all off the cuff for me. Like I haven't given it too, too much thought. And I was saying to you earlier, I feel like most of my great shopping experiences have been defined by a certain piece. Me like, too. oh my gosh, this one time I found this and it sold for that, you know, yeah. like that sort of thing. And so it's almost like you remember the Christmases where you get your favorite toy. Yep. <laughs> so, like yeah. I remember those. So I'm just going to try to like dig deep and try to remember certain experiences. I was, at, I'm actually in the same boat because I can like probably name two instances that were the best that most people already know about that, you know, were great, great thrift experiences for me. There's another one that doesn't involve a, an item, but most of them involve something that I found. Right. <laughs> like the Christian Dior, right? I mean, right. that's the number one is the that Christian will forever be top three. Yep. Um, I would um, love for you to top that, but I mean, I don't know if you can top that anytime soon, but I think you will. I think there's another piece out there. I hope so. I mean, I mean, that was just such a, and that was the beginning of my reselling journey really was a Ben's Christian Dior vintage collectible really piece that probably came from an estate sale that just didn't sell and they just dumped it at Goodwill because there's a lot of estate sales that happen in New Hampshire. I've mm -hmm. noticed that when I'm up, when I have been up there, I've been up there in a while, in a the other bins, I always see a lot of estate sale signs in the summertime, in the fall. So that's the only thing that makes sense to me is why that was even there. Because we've, as we've said before, it's not like New Hampshire yeah. is like a fashion mecca. Sometimes <laughs> I'm always like stunned by some of the stuff I find in there. Cause as we've also talked about the Goodwill store that is attached to the Goodwill bins, in my opinion. Okay, there we go. See, I knew once I started talking worst experience, not a bad experience as far as like the staff is lovely. Oh yeah. Everybody is so kind. The store is clean. Just the worst oh, inventory. Like I just go through racks and racks. I say this all the time. Every time I spend 20 minutes 
in the retail location, I say to myself, why didn't you just go back to the bins? Why didn't you just go back to the bins? Like, or just go home. Yes. No, definitely. But occasionally I'm, I'm, I'm just like Charlie Brown. I'm like the hopeless optimist. Like, <laughs> oh, just this one time, there'll be something special today. And I, it, it rarely happens, but I think the best thing I ever found in that New Hampshire retail location is a uh, new with tag Eileen Fisher dress. Well, that's exciting. Yeah. One and done. I mean, I've been there approximately a hundred times and that's my best find. I've found a couple of good pairs of shoes, but other than that, I have never found anything else in the retail location. The I've bins location, funky vintage stuff there that has sold. Yeah. yeah I think yeah. You know, bins in general, like I think if you're looking for funky vintage stuff, you can find it at that bins location. Yes. Yes. So, yes. I, you know, I have to say, even though it's not like the fashion capital of the world, it, I love those bins. I still find yeah, great too. things. I find very different things there than I find in Boston. Yep. But like both of my gunny sacks dresses came from that location. And actually one of the best bins trips or experiences that I, that did come to mind that I want to talk about happened at the New Hampshire bins. And one of the, um, one of the themes that seems to be consistent with good thrifting trips for me is when I thrift with other people and I have another set of eyes on stuff and people like saying, Lori, what about this? Or I'll say, I'll take this section. You take that section. Like when I went to Boston with our friend, Jen Quinn, the savvy outfitter, we did really well. And I found some, you know, I found, um, oh gosh, I know I I got a um, Club Monaco sweater that sold like in a week for a hundred dollars. It was on their current website. I got a vintage Burberry blouse that day. I got a Christian Dior vintage slip that sold. So like that was a good day, but I swear it was because Jen was there. We're bouncing ideas off of each other. Do you like this? No. Does that sell? Yes. You know, like it's like when you got your double D ranch piece and you were with Jen and it was like, you just, you knew you had something good, but like you bounced it off of her and she's like, oh my God, put that in your cart and run, you know? So it's fun when you shop with other people, I find, as long as they can hang. The worst thing is when someone follows you around a store and they're like, are you done yet? No, take your time. I'll just be sitting over here. I hate that so much. (laughs) Well, that's the thing. I think you need to find those right people to come with you too. And like you and Jen are always my go-tos because I mean, we just vibe together too, right? It's just who we are. We get along really well. We kind of have similar personalities and we like similar things. We're just thrifters so we can keep going. You know Correct. what I mean? There's no end game. Correct. There's no end time Correct. until um, we're like famished. One day, happen. one day in the near future, you'll have to thrift with me and my friend Jill because she, she's the same way as us. And yes, uh, I would love to meet Jill. Yes. Jen has met her and, and we've hung out before and you would, you would love that. But like, I, they always have those core people that I think make experiences really good too. But I have friends that I just say, I'm sorry, I won't take you thrifting with me. It's like a joke. <laughs> sorry, you can't come. <laughs> I just know that. And then like, I'll break some in and I'll say, okay, you're on the team. I'll take you thrifting. You're good. <laughs> um, but funny. I definitely play favorites and my friends know it and they're okay with it. But yeah. when I went to the bins that time and I had a really good experience, I actually went with two of Angelina's friends. She didn't even come with me. So if anybody watched my video from Cape Cod, um, my good friend Marguerite, her son Eddie, is great with fashion and design. And Eddie came with me one morning to the bins with his friend Sadie, picked them up at like eight in the morning. We went, grabbed coffee, and we got there and it was dead. And there was, you know, I always go to the shoe bins first. And so we all went to this shoe bin and um, nobody was there. We we're the only ones around. And Eddie's like picking up these shoes and they were like super distressed and very funky. And he's like, these look like something, Lori. And they were bed stew. 
And it was the first time I had ever found bed stew and they were really good bed stew. I think they sold for like $120. And, and then in that same bin, there was a really unique pair of, um, I believe they were dance goes, but they were not like your typical dance goes, or I can't remember, but they were like three, three or four pairs of shoes in that bin that ended up resulting in close to $500 in sales. And it was just because I had those kids there with me and they were shopping. And then in that same trip, Eddie pulled out this um, blue like jumpsuit. And he's like, doesn't this look like Rosie the Riveter? And I was like, yes, that really does. And I did research on this brand that sold for a hundred dollars. And it was just like one of those days, but neither of those things I would have picked up if I weren't with Eddie. So (laughs) I, I really do credit the people I'm shopping with sometimes to a really good sourcing trip. I think my best experience at that bins, besides finding items, I think um, as a whole, it's the staff that works there that really gives me a, a great experience. There's just some really great staff members at that bins location in New Hampshire that are very helpful and they're very kind and mm-hmm. might give you a little tip here or there if you know if a bins rolling out that's really good or you know yeah. don't stand here, stand there kind of thing. So. Um, that's definitely a group of the group that you want to get to know. You want to get to know the resellers and, you know, make friends there. Like they say with all the bins and definitely get to know the workers because that helps in any situation. Right. Yeah. That's definitely been besides finding the items. That's been a really great experience for me. Um, I don't, I've never, Oh no, I do have a bad experience in the bins. It took me a second, but I can think of a bad experience. And it was actually with, um, a woman who was in the shoe bin with me. Do you remember the story, Lori, about the free people's shoe that was in my hand and the woman stole it from me? Mm-mm. Okay, so I, I was standing so. at the bin, at the shoe bin. You know how, this was before they changed the way the shoe bins were in New Hampshire? Yes, yes. So this is like where you literally got shoved up against a wall. Yes, that was crushed. the worst. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I was in the middle and I had a free people shoe. It was new. It was brandy new and I was searching for the other one and the woman had it like under her arm. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't see it at the time. So I'm looking, I'm looking and I just, and I had a firm grip on this shoe. The woman who was on the opposite side, walked around, snuck in between me and the gentleman that was next to me, snatched the shoe out of my hand, ran away, ran to her cart that was at the register, cashed out and left. What? Swear to God, <laughs> swear. Sometimes when those things happen, I just think she must need it more than I need it. What? Like as angry as I would be, like. I wouldn't even know what to do. I, I literally just stood there and I was like, what just happened? happened? Yeah, I would have been completely <laughs> stunned, completely stunned. I mean, I was sad because they were really cute, but okay, take wow. them. Wow. Yeah, it's like my one my one gripe with the bins in New Hampshire is, um people don't wait. No, don't wait for, you know, if you're unfamiliar with the bins, you line up around the bins. I'm sure most of our listeners by now know, but you line up around the bins and, um, when it rolls in, you can start grabbing, but sometimes there's four tables that need to get rolled in. So if you're at a table that gets rolled in first, you were supposed to wait until the other three or five bins roll in and then everybody digs in. And I swear to God, a lot of the time it is the the regulars who yep. don't really get challenged by the staff because they know the staff. Mm-hmm. 
So, and I am always torn with that because I'm like, gosh, like either play by the rules or, but if somebody else reaches in, they'll yell at them. So it's kind of funny. Like in a sense, they have clout because they're there 24 seven. Um, And, you know, I respect their hustle, but sometimes like that's a little frustrating thing. Yeah. Oh, actually, you know, see, here we go. (laughs) Here we go. (laughs) In Boston, when I went with my friend Marguerite, who I went to the Cape with, and my other good friend, Kim, we, um, Marguerite is like, gosh, she's, she grew up in Brighton and she has a lot of sass in her and somebody went after her or me for like, we were just zoning out. We didn't even realize and we touched something first and they were like, Hey, put that down. And I was like, Oh my gosh, I am so sorry. And I like dropped it. And the guy kept going. He's like, Oh yeah, you look like you're really sorry when you had your hand in there. And he was like going off on me. And, um, later in the day, I want to say it was the same guy was like across the bin from Marguerite and they would just like, cause the bins are deep in Boston. They were just like digging in and then throwing clothes like across the way, like practically hitting Marguerite in the face. And yeah. she got so upset. So she was just like tossing clothes back at him. And they just looked at her. I'm like, are you really going to play this game right now? She's like, Oh, it is on. <laughs> like she just, they were just throwing back and forth and like, it was just, they had words and I got uncomfortable and I went to a different bin. <laughs> I'm like a peacemaker at the bin. So anyways, that got uncomfortable. Definitely a lot of feisty people in Boston. Oh, so one of my negative experiences at the bins was in Boston too, where uh, it was a mother daughter duo that were definitely resellers. Like you can, you can tell, right. Who's a reseller and who's just there to, to get stuff. Mm-hmm. And, um, they were in the same bin as me and they were watching what I was taking. Like they were very like intently watching what I was doing. And then they both barged in on either side of me and just started taking all of the clothes and throwing them in all different directions and putting clothes that they already looked at on top of the clothes that I was looking at. And I just stood in between them and I was like, are we really doing this right now? But like, what would the benefit be of that? They just, I don't know. We're trying to throw me off my game. I don't know. And it wasn't like anything amazing was in that bin. It was a lot of like, older made well stuff. So mm-hmm. if you want it, I mean, take it. I'll, I'll move. Like by, by all means, I'll move. You can take it. I'll move elsewhere. I don't need to be over here. That's interesting. I know Th- those are the funny ones. I do think that most of the, the tense situations can happen at the bins because yeah. it's a literal th- free for all, you know, like you are grabbing stuff as fast as you can. Um, I still would say, Oh, I have, I have another experience. So what didn't happen to me, but someone in New York, like it was like a, it was, it was like a concert that people ran because they, they keep people like behind a line and they switch out the entire bins, like all of them, every single bin gets traded out like every hour and you have to line up behind the door and people have bags strapped to their waist and people run and they're screaming, no running as people are like sprinting to the purses. And somebody actually fell and people like tripped over her. They had to like stop everything. Cause like this woman was like getting trampled in Queens. Oh my God. It was really aggressive. And I'm just like, gosh, there has to be a better system than this, which we have in New Hampshire and yeah. Boston. I feel That's like this system, intense. but I think it's the nature. It's, it's like hunger games, you know, it's set up pretty really? savagely. It is. And I think that's why a lot of people don't like to go when they're first starting out or they want to go people that have already been before so they can kind of feel it out because it can, I mean, you hear these horror stories and it can get aggressive. I mean, it depends. I know. And for anybody who's listening, this is like for every 15 times I yeah. go, there's like one minor bad experience in yeah. like one part of my shopping. You know, like I, there's nothing that I've ever experienced that would keep me from going back thus far. 
Yeah, I agree. Wood. I, 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 agree. Hope, I hope I don't find a body in a bin one day, you know? <laughs> the worst <laughs> thing I've ever found in a bin is a pair of pants that had urine all over it. Like, that's the oh, worst thing I found. That's yeah. really unfortunate. Yeah, I mean, it's the smell more than anything. I mean, oh, it is God. what it is, but the smell. <laughs> but we love the hunt, Daniela. That we do. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so let me think of a positive thrift store experience. Um, I think every experience I have in a thrift store is generally positive, even when I'm not finding a lot of stuff, even when the prices are outrageous, right? And I'm not it's coming. It's just our happy place. I mean, I'm just yeah. happy when I'm inside a thrift store. So yeah. I generally am just in a good mood if I'm like zoning out and I don't know, it, it's just where I go to recharge. So I feel very fortunate that it's also where I go to make money. You know, it's great. It's, it's yeah. I can't believe I do it for a living. I know. They, I've had some experiences with like staff at some thrift stores that um, I think certain thrift stores are, maybe it's dependent on location. If there's a ton of resellers that go there, they just, I don't think management likes it, even though there's no rule that says that resellers can't purchase goods from a store. You know, there's no, unless you're an employee there, there's no rule for an outside person to that comes in that can't buy items to resell, right? That doesn't exist. That law doesn't Right. Exist. But I mean, I guess when, you know, somebody comes in, I mean, we have definitely a level of intensity and purpose yep. when we're walking through the store. And yep. I think even just our focus sometimes can be a little off-putting. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I am a frequent flyer by the new racks. Every time they come out, they're trying to put things out. And I'm like, oh, hey, mind yeah, if I sneak in, just you know? <laughs> yeah. So I think that can be annoying for the staff. Um, Really, it depends on the day and who happens to be working the new racks when they come out at Savers. I mean, generally, I have women who are like, oh my gosh, by all means, whatever you take, I don't have to process, you know? And then other people who just kind of stand there and roll their eyes occasionally. And I, I'm pretty good at reading a room. And I, 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 if somebody seems like they're annoyed by me, I wait until they take their first section off to put it away. And then I'll go over to the rack when they're not there and then leave when they come back. Yeah. I, I usually ask, I feel like I always feel rude if I'm just going through it. Like if I'm, if there's no one there and I can see that they're putting stuff away, I'll kind of quickly look through and see if I find anything. But if they're mm-hmm. standing there, I'm like, Hey, is it okay if I look? Cause I almost, oh, absolutely. Yes. I feel like at some stores they allow it. And then at other stores they don't like, it depends on what location you're in. Like I know the Goodwill in Boston, they don't allow it. They don't allow you. That's the only one that comes to mind. I, yeah. I mean, other places they may seem like annoyed, but I know it savers and most other places. Boston is the only place that like, you cannot touch it while it's on the rack. Hi everyone, Lori here. I'm so excited to share with you that today's episode of Thrifters Villa is sponsored by Gettys, a sustainable apparel line of men's and women's clothes made right here in America in their factory in Metro Detroit. Not only is Gettys line of Supima cotton tees and hoodies top quality, but this company is able to create jobs and lead the charge for ethical clothing manufacturing, sourcing only American-made materials by a 100% American workforce. Their idea was simple but powerful. By owning their own factory and developing a streamlined and localized American supply chain, Gettys can invest more into the products they make and the people who make them. They have developed an entirely American supply chain. The cotton is grown in the Southwest and then shipped straight to their factory in Detroit where fabric is cut and sewn into their everyday essential products. 
I have my eye on the district hoodie in cherry, a raglan cut hoodie with a suede finish and ribbed detail for the perfect balance between sophisticated and sporty. Fun fact, whenever I'm photographing my listings for my reselling business, I love to wear a hoodie with a front pocket for storing my phone in between shots and the district hoodie would be perfect. I love to see companies with a heart and soul working to make the fashion industry a better place. Head on over to gettys.us, that's G-E-T-T-E-E-S dot U-S to see all this great company has to offer. Now back to our show. You yeah, have to I wait don't till know if Salvation Army has a rule against it or not. I generally, I don't ever really see racks being wheeled out for them to put inventory. They usually have it in their arms and they're just putting it out. So hmm. I don't know. I've never really noticed about Salvation Army. Like, well, the Salvation Army I went to last week, uh, they had a rack out and I, there was no problem with me looking. Their staff was so nice at that location. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Salvation Army is good. That's been one of my good, I, every experience I have a Salvation Army is positive. I have it's never had a negative. It's so inexpensive now. I mean, even if they're overpriced, there's two colors that are 50% off and there's yep. one color that is 99, 99. cents. So like, yep. you got to be able to find something. Yep. I find, and I, and I feel like I'm finding good stuff there. And maybe it's just because I don't know what Savers is doing with their inventory, right? Like, I don't know. But Salvation Army puts everything out. Like, they, like, they're holding it. They're quarantining it as they're supposed to. But they just, everything's on the shelf. There's no holding things in the back or whatever. Like, everything goes out. And the prices are really reasonable. The staff at Salvation Army, the ones that I go to, are amazing. They're very nice. They know me by name. Like, they're wonderful. Mm-hmm. Wonderful, yep. wonderful women. They're mostly women that um, work in these stores that I go to. I've never had a bad experience there, not even with, you know, other um, customers that are there or anything. The only negative experience that I've had was at a Savers and it was with um, a staff member that actually followed me around the store. Really? And yep. And watched everything I put in the cart and then made a comment while I was um, sorting through my cart, like, you're not allowed to do this. And I looked at her and I said, excuse me? And she just walked away and mumbled under her breath, I know what you're doing. Now, is it possible maybe that she's a reseller too and maybe I had some of her stuff and she was upset? I don't know. I don't know what the reasoning was. But I did have an experience at Savers once that um, that happened. I talked to, um, there's this one woman at Savers and I need to get her name. She's adorable. And I always see her at the rummage sales locally. Mm -hmm. And um, she's a little peanut and she's very much into like vintage. She has a really unique style and she also works at Savers. I think she's one of the managers there. Um, And one day I saw her checking out and she's like, look at this, what I found. And I'm like, oh my gosh, it was a men's Burberry blazer. She's like, nobody ever looks through the men's blazers. And I said, so what is the lag time for you? Like, she's like, no, we have, I think they have to wait four days with it on the floor um, before they can purchase. And there was another woman who I speak to all the time at my savers. And I felt so bad for her. She's like, there's this dress that I want so badly. And it just came out and I can't touch it for a few days or I'll get, I'm like, why don't you just hide it? Yeah. <laughs> she's like, you that people have gotten fired over hiding items. I'm like, oh, she's like, yeah, it has to like, you know, it has to be on the floor for four days. And then if nobody buys it, we can buy it with our employee discount. I so mean, I don't, I'm not certain um, if it's, yeah. I think it was four days. I don't think it was more than a week. I, I, something is 
resonating that says it was four days, but I might be off with that. Might I think it's, I, I think it's like right before there's a color change. Something but about a color change. Sabers. Yeah. At Sabers. Like oh. it's right before color change is when they can, maybe it varies by store. I don't know. But I remember an employee telling me that they have to wait. It's either two to three days, something like that. And then, or if there's like a color change happening at the same time, like there was something to do with the color change and then the days that has to be on the shelf at one of the Savers locations that I went to. Because I am friendly with a couple of the employees that are in there that have yeah. actually like given me a heads up, like, hey, I just saw the shoes that went out. You might want to go check out size eight, you know, like, you know, there's good, there's wonderful people everywhere that you go. And then you have experiences like I had. So. Yeah. And I find like, I definitely, there's this one woman who's always sweet and she's always like, oh, there's, she always tries to show me the good brands, um, you know, which, which are good to her. Like she'll always say there's some North face over there. Like we sometimes have like different ideas, but like, she's just so sweet. Yeah just to share, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I think that's why I tolerate the savers prices sometimes is just because it's close to home and I love the staff. So that's, I still have good luck there because I'm just there often enough to find stuff, I guess, to be able to see past some of the bad pricing and just find the the goodies. Yeah. I was thinking about that the other day because I, savers has been very difficult here in Rhode Island. I mean, it's, and it's across the board, like every reseller that I've talked to that lives in Rhode Island is like, what is happening? This is even um, the stores themselves have been dead because the prices are just way too high. So I still go because. Well, cause it's, it's there. Home, it's, it's right. What we do. <laughs> it's, but it's home. Like that was the first place that I started sourcing at. Mm. savers so it's like this weird emotion that you get where it's like but this is where I always used to get stuff and now I just I I can't get what I usually got have I found some really great pieces yeah absolutely like no question about it I have found wonderful pieces um have I found the majority of my pieces at other places yeah I have in the Mm. last two months yes I have um the prices at Salvation Army have been really great like we previously said and prices of online sourcing have been worth it more so than me going to Savers or even like TJ Maxx and Marshall's have been worth it. For example, today. Yes. Share what you got today. I found a, you know, a bunch of Madewell and frame denim. That's super cute. I got to show you a picture of it, Lori. It's so cute. Mm -hmm. $5.99 or less. So was that the mark? That was the clearance. No, that was the price. Oh, that's so funny you say that because when I was at the Cape, I got this, not that J. Jill is any big brand because it's not, but I got these two pretty um, midi length dresses and they were marked $5.99 and it was very odd to me. I'm like, this is an odd price for a dress, like $9.99, $14.99, but $5.99 and it wasn't on clearance and I thought the same thing. So those were not on clearance not on clearance. So I actually asked the girl to register because she was young and she was really cute when we were talking. And um, she seemed fairly new, but knew enough about the stores stocking and everything. And I said, I'm kind of surprised that everything is marked at $5.99 and it's made well. And she said, yeah, I know. She goes, I bought myself two pairs of jeans the other day. She goes, everything that's coming in on these new boxes and pallets that they're getting are getting priced really low. Like they're not marking them down. They're just pricing them low now. Like there's no red tag. It's just low prices until just to move it. Yeah. I think it's just until they go through whatever the warehouses have so they can get new inventory in. Um, because they can't, 
it's going to be very difficult for them to buy new pallets of goods to put into stores if their warehouses filled with all of the previous pallets that were delivered. Yeah, for sure. Well, hey, that's so, good to know. You know yeah. where I'll be tomorrow when people yeah, are right. listening to this podcast. <laughs> I hope you find good things like I did. I mean, it was, it was crazy. It was yeah, that's awesome. But it's good. It's good for my business. It's good for, you know, everything. And it was a majority of the stuff I found was plus size, which is great because that's always an area I struggle in having in my store because you just can't find a lot of it in the thrift store that's worth. That's fashionable. I mean, there's plenty of plus size, but it's very hard to find fashionable plus size. Yeah. So when I was, I mean, I've been hitting TJ Maxx every week, but I got a pair of Madewell. um, They were like a wide or boot cut, not boot cut. Anyways, they, I think they were, you know, they were a boot cut. They were called the Cali boot cut and they oh, were in a size. Yeah. That one sells. That's a good seller. Yeah. I mean, I, I think I paid $12 and they, they were red tag clearance right when the store reopened and they mm-hmm. sold for 50, I think like within yeah. a couple weeks. So yeah. Um, I was really excited that that was in a larger size too, for the same reason, you know, it was like a button front boot cut. Yeah. So totally off topic, but I am being more aware of the sizings that I have in my closet, like the items and the sizes that they are. And I'm trying to make sure that I have a better variety of sizes. And it's not just the typical extra small, small, medium, and the occasional large, because that's just the stuff that I find, right? Like I'm right. really trying to be more purposeful with it. Even with shoe sizes, like I'm really trying to be diverse and have 10s, 11s, nine and a halfs, you know, a little bit of everything. Um, I even have some size fives, which I never typically pick up, but I, you know, made a decision a uh, couple weeks ago, like, okay, if you find a really great size five shoe, it's okay. Put it in your closet. It might take longer, but there are people out there that have a size five foot. For sure. And I think people on the ends, like your five and sixes and your 11 and 12s, I don't think they have as much selection right. as all of us in the middle, like your seven to nine and a half sizes. Yeah. So they may take longer, But I think sometimes they're even willing to pay a little bit more because their shoe size is more rare. Just like whenever I find a pair of jeans or Lululemon in size tall, Mm -hmm. that's amazing. So, you know, the same pants in a regular length does better in tall, which is funny because it doesn't seem to work the reverse for petite. Petite doesn't seem to get a lot of money, but tall does. I was just going to say that I struggle with petite and short, um, but tall, long does better for whatever reason. Yeah. I just, I just think there's, it's all supply and demand and there's just less supply. Yeah. So I think it just does better. Yeah. So that was just my little fun fact that I'm just trying to be a little more diverse because I think that's important. That's good. The the only, um, the only visual I have in my business, cause I'm, I'm not, you know, I'm not like looking at spreadsheets regularly or like analyzing what sizes I have in my closet, but just my jeans, I yeah. stack them according to size. So it's yeah. literally at a glance every time I go to the thrift store, I just, I skip zero to 10 and I just start at 10 first. I mean, I go to the smaller sizes later, but I always go to the 10, 12, 14, 16 size because I cannot keep them in stock. Can't keep them in stock. So like, if you look at my piles, like I probably have a stack of like 12 pairs of 27s, like 13 pairs of 25s. And then I'll have like two 31s, you know, if that 31, 32 just sells so fast. I think the visual is helpful. I've never thought about it that way. 
but the, that visual is helpful because you can see it. Okay. I'm definitely lacking in one area. I need. Oh, to for sure. Off. And that was like, a, um, unintentional. It was unintentional. It was just the way that my storage worked out. I just had space on top of like my Ikea cubes mm-hmm. and I decided that's where I was going to put jeans. I had them in a bin, but they were so heavy in the bins. Yeah. I would like pull them out and it was just, it was just too much. So, but I did speak to somebody recently maybe it's Quenby who does her bins according to like, they have a bin system similar to like you and I do it where it's not by number, it's by category. Category. Mm -hmm. So she does like shirts and pants and whatnot, but each bin is a certain size, which I thought was interesting. So she has like her size, like I do mine more by color. Like I have my off-white shirt, like I go color of the rainbow. So I have all my off-white tans grays in the first bin the second bin is like reds and pinks and oranges and then it kind of goes down to black um but she does them by size which i think is pretty interesting um because then she'll say oh i'm really lacking in my size smalls button down shirts or whatever whatever the bin is i think it was quenby i'm not sure who it was but i'm always fascinated by people's inventory systems and how different they are what works for all of us yeah, everyone's system is a little different, but it's nice to hear what everyone's doing because you can just kind of pick and choose little pieces of everyone's system and kind of create your own in the process. Oh, absolutely. Cafeteria style, I call it. You yeah. go down the line and you just pick what you want. Yeah, yeah. It's the kind of the beauty of all of us sharing our experiences and stuff too, that some people might relate with everything that we're saying and some might be like, oh, that's interesting. I never thought about it that way. So yeah. So that's yeah. always fun. So we also wanted to talk today about if we were to go back in time, what are some things that we'd want to change or maybe some things we'd want to implement when we first started instead of doing it maybe a year or more down the line. Right. Um, Hmm. how about you start Lori? Oh gosh. Um, speaking of inventory. yeah, Yeah. I would probably get a better inventory system in place. I still don't know what that would look like, but just, um, I would probably start with a number inventory system right away. Yeah. But, you know, when you start, you have one bin and right. you think, oh, I'm never going to need more than this. And then that one bin becomes 10. And so it's really hard to think that way because you're like, well, I don't need an inventory system. I have all 20 items in this one bin. Like, Right. Why would I ever need an inventory system? <laughs> yeah. In a sense, I feel like it was one of those things I kind of had to learn the hard way. I'm still learning. But yeah, that into just run comps right from the get-go, like just start educating yourself on, um, you know, what's selling. I thought that not that style doesn't matter. Cause I still pick up things based on style. I think I will forever pick up things based on style. Mm-hmm. I just do it less frequently and I do it more now because, you know, I've sold almost 1900 items on Poshmark and I'm, I kind of know the things that have worked for me that are, that are off brand things. Right. Um, so like your nightgowns, for example, yeah, like the nightgowns that are working or yeah, just certain fabrics, certain sweaters, a certain vibe. I, I, I can't even put my finger on it, but like, like the sweater that I bought, um, that I put on my yeah, Instagram from the cape. What? The one from the Cape. That's yeah. The one from the Cape. It was like one of those grandma cardigan sweaters and Angie came over with it, like kind of laughing with it on. And she just happened to have like a fitted tank top underneath that had all the colors that matched. It was like a, a scene with a farm on the back and like people and fuzzy sheeps and horses and trees. And one of those grandma sweaters, what's the other brand storybook collection. 
Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's another like grandma sweater, but it was a cardigan and it was just phenomenal. It was something like, like anthro would sell. And it was just the way Angie walked over with it and just being kind of somebody young and how she styled it open with the fitted tank. I was like, that is just phenomenal. That has to come home with me. And I never get those grandma sweaters. I'm not an ugly sweater person. I'm not like a grandpa, grandma sweater. Right. And it came home and one of my best customers bought it the day I listed it for 50 bucks. That's I listed, crazy. Yeah. I listed it for $65 and she offered me 50 and she's already messaged me. Like she bought a hat to go with it. She has a whole vibe that she wants to implement in, oh, wow. she lives in New York and she has a great fashion sense. She buys a lot of my free people stuff. Yeah. Sold immediately. And that was one of those things. Like I did not run comps on that sweater. <laughs> you know, like I was just like, yeah. you are coming home with me. So I think when you fall in love with something, it's always a green light. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause you're willing to kind of go the distance with it, even if it's in your closet a long time. But generally I wish I had run more comps in the beginning and, um, yeah, maybe just a little more time on brand knowledge, but I'm not like a huge, I'm, I'm kind of in favor of just digging in. Like I can theorize things and read strategies and see what a million people did, but the best way for me to learn is to just do it. So I feel like in reselling, if you're buying low, if your cost is low, that's almost just part of your education. Yeah, I agree. I think that no matter how much you read, research, watch, listen, it really doesn't matter because you're going to make mistakes, but that's what helps you grow and helps your business grow. At the end of the day, if you're not experiencing it, you're never going to be able to know what to implement and what not to implement. Mm-hmm. Um, a couple of things that come to mind that I wish I understood and not so much items. It's more of learning the thrift stores like color system and the tags Because when I first started sourcing, I would spend like three hours in savers looking at every single item on the rack, not knowing that the colors towards the back were things that were generally picked over and the items that were in the front, depending on whatever that color was, were the new items that had just come out. And I would just spend so much time and get so frustrated that I wasn't finding anything. And it was because I was just wasting time. Like when I go into a thrift store, I don't have all the time in the world to just, unless it's the weekend, right? I don't have a ton yeah. of time. So I need to be efficient. I need to know, okay, this is a new color. Perfect. I'm going to look at everything that's a new color and forget everything else because I just don't have time. Um, yep. That's true. And some people do the opposite. They're like, okay, if white is the 99 cent color, that's what I'm doing. I know Courtney at Common Tags, like sometimes she does dollar days and that's it. She's just looking for the dollar day stuff. And she literally just looks for the color tag. That's a dollar. Yep. Yeah. I do. Yeah. Whatever strategy you want to implement, it's really good to know the store system. I agree. Yeah. I definitely do that Salvation Army too. Like if it's 99 cents or half off, okay, what are those colors? That's all I'm looking at. If you have a game plan, you're going in there, it makes the experience a lot better and you're not wasting, you're not wasting time, but you're spending time, you're more, you're being more efficient, right? It's a more efficient way of doing it. Um, The other thing too is keeping track of cost of goods and inventory better. Like I wish I had done that from the beginning because I'm at the point where like, all the current and newer stuff in the last like six or seven months I've been keeping track of. And it's like, I still have stuff from like a year ago that I haven't added in that I just, I don't know why I just haven't done it. Like I need to do it. I need to be better at just sitting down and just getting it done. Right. Just like an inventory system, like what your like date, like a spreadsheet that you spreadsheet, but like tracking every cost of good tracking every piece of inventory, the quantity, like all that kind of stuff. I do it, but I definitely could be, so much better at it. And I always feel like I'm playing catch up because it's not something I implemented right away. 
Um, yeah, that's a tricky situation. I mean, the best thing to ever happen to me for cost of goods was the feature on Poshmark. Yeah. The private feature yeah. that allows you to write your cost in. I mean, that has been such a game changer for me. So um, somebody just reached out to me and said, you know, do you cost, do you count your cost as an average cost or do you individually price things out when you're enter, entering them in your inventory? And I said, I think I'm in the minority, but unless I'm from the bins, unless it's the bins, that's average cost of goods. I have been doing individual because I feel like it's, I just feel like it's more accurate. Like if I go to Savers and I buy 20 pieces and I pay up, say for, you know, a pair, a pair of Madewell jeans, say for whatever reason, I pay $10, say, and then I get a t-shirt for $1.99. If I say that's $12 and mark them each as $6, and then I look at my profit, it's not really giving me real information item by item. Yeah. I go back and forth on this. I mean, it's a system. It works as far as accounting goes, but I think as far as analytics go, like I am really careful when I pay up for anything or if I'm doing retail arbitrage, I'm really careful about writing it in my um, Poshmark, uh, you know, that little private area where you can write your cost in. Because I feel like if I'm, if I'm spending 10, 12, $15 on an item, if I'm paying up for something, I really want to know that. So when I'm negotiating, if somebody sends me an offer, sometimes I'll say, what did I pay for that? And I look and see what I paid and it's right in the listing, which is so nice. I mean, obviously they didn't implement that until I know it's been just a few months now, maybe since December. Yeah. Yeah. I think it was like December of 2019. They started doing that. So I have a whole year and three months of items that don't have my cost of goods. So if I don't record the cost of goods, my average cost of goods is about $5. So I'll, I'll put it there. But I don't know. I think for my, for me personally, certain pieces, I really want to know exactly what I paid for it. Yeah. I don't use that cost of goods feature. I probably should. Maybe that, because that shows up in your inventory report, right? Yes. So I guess that would be an easier way instead of me having to worry about tracking everything individually. If I'm putting it within the Poshmark listing and then I take the inventory report and then export that into my own spreadsheet. That information should carry over. Right. Well, I guess that's yeah, I mean, my accountant, aka husband, said, AKJ. this is all you need to do. Like, don't worry about it. Just put your cost of goods in when you do your listing. And then when it sells, we'll know what you paid for it. So sometimes when I review things, I'm like, oh, I forgot to add it. But it's like brushing your teeth. It's just one of those things I've tried to add to my um, routine. The trouble yeah. is when I cross post with Vendu and I bring it over to eBay, if it sells on eBay, yeah. I don't have a record. Like, And right. I know there's a spot to put it in on eBay but I'm not doing it. So if an item sells on eBay, it's not um, getting recorded. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's something to think about. Maybe I'll start doing it that way because I can always take the inventory report. And when I transfer everything, let's say if I'm using Sarah's dashboard, I can just take the inventory report and do the exact same thing. And then I can still see my cost of good average. Yeah. Right, oh, Laura, you've inspired sure. me. I'm going to do oh, it. Oh, look way. at that. I'm so happy. See, we're always learning from each other. <laughs> we well, really I just are. feel like it's, it's two seconds. It's, it's like, you know, when you click yeah. on the color of, or you click on the size, it's just one more thing. So I usually write um, my cost of goods and then it just says notes and I'll, I'll write where I bought it. Like I'll do S-A-W-O-R. So Salvation Army Worcester or yeah. 
SM for Savers Marlboro or like whatever I'm doing. So, um, but yeah. I don't know if that is really as relevant that I need that, but sometimes that will jog my memory if I'm looking back and, and yeah. I'll say, oh, that's right. I bought that at Boston Goodwill and that will like help me remember something else about the item. So. Yeah, that's also, so our friend Jen has a, uh, an inventory app as well. And I think her app is, um, is laid out that way too, where you can put the location, the cost of good, all that kind of stuff. That's great. I need to check that out. I know. And I've been talking to her about it. Like I, I need to start, I need to look at it. I need to like use it because I think so that- how is really Jen's helpful. different from Sarah's dashboard? Is it a dashboard or is it just- No, so it's not a dashboard. It's an actual app. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Um, pro tip, Jen's going to be on a coffee talk probably in the next week or two. Um, okay. she's good. Yeah. And she's going to talk about it because I think other people should hear about it. This is a really, really great tool. So Jen's app uh, that she's developed with her husband has, it's, it's an inventory system. So you can put your pictures on there. You can upload, even if you just upload a cover photo of it, you have the size and just like all of the information about the piece is in yep. there, including, including cost of goods. And then I believe what you've listed it for. Jen, correct me if I'm wrong and make a post about it because I'm I, I probably <laughs> saying things incorrectly, but I know that it, it's, it's an inventory system and I know that, um, you can upload your spreadsheet that you currently have into the system with her new updates that she's done. So there's a little bit of manual work that'll go into it, but then once all your previous stuff is already is in that app, then you can just continue to use the app to add all the new items in. So essentially it's taking like Poshmark's cost of good feature and you, you have everything put into one location. And I believe you can probably get a CSV out of it. I'm almost positive you can get a CSV file out of it, which that's is also really helpful. interesting. Cause that's different yeah. than just like kind of spitting out data. Like I also right. use the, the seller insight app. I've gone between Sarah's and then seller insight um, for the data, you know what I mean? But it, yep. it's not like a system that you input your inventory and like, no, no, that's it. That's really interesting. I don't think I really understood what it was. I thought it was similar to a dashboard. No. So it's an actual application for you to track all of your cost of goods and inventory, which is what we need. Right. I mean, and it's on our phone, which is really helpful because that's where most of that's where, how I list is I list on my phone or I'm checking the app on my phone. So it's always my phone. Oh, I can't wait for that coffee talk. I would love to hear yes. more about that. Yes. I think it's going to be in a week or two. So, you know, Excellent. she's pregnant. So it's based off of how she's feeling. Oh my gosh, yes. So, because she's due very soon. Um, and then the last thing I wanted to just touch upon is I think when I first started, I didn't understand items that do well and on which platform and just understand like what trends on different platforms. Like a Macari gives you a real great breakdown. Okay, these are the top 10 items that are selling right now on Macari. And they'll be like, Nintendo Switch and I don't know, jeans or whatever. Like it gives you actual brands and what category within that brand is selling well. Poshmark kind of does that, but I didn't really 
know it, or maybe it wasn't in front of my face as much. So I didn't acknowledge it as much. And even with eBay, I mean, eBay is a totally different beast. So I don't source specifically for eBay. I just kind of cross list everything to eBay. Um, Same. So for me, I had an, yeah, I have an interesting eBay story once you're done. No, go ahead. You go tell me. Well, just talking about trends and what sells on different platforms, I'm still learning. So I don't know that that's anything I could have known when I first started. You know, yeah. I feel like there are a lot of the stuff that I know now is just from two years of reselling and fine tuning what works for me. And I also feel like what works for me doesn't necessarily work for you or works slightly differently for you. Because mm-hmm. um, we've each built up our own customer base too, right? And different yeah. followers. And so maybe I have followers that are more bohemian and you have more Everlane classic minimalist style. And that's just kind of like a little pull in that direction. So my stuff sells differently than yours. But um, so this is just a random example, but I got a pair of nylon running shorts, Nike, that I mm-hmm. bought for Angie and she didn't want them. So I paid, they were $3 plus 20% off at Savers. I came home. I usually list them like between 20 and $24. And then I'm always offering 20% off with a discount. So, okay. So they're like the Nike pros, but not, they're just nylon. So list them on Poshmark, lots of likes, sent out offers as low as like $15 with discounted shipping, nothing, nothing, nothing like likes all day with nothing. And then cross posted it two nights to eBay. And, um, I got three offers on this little weird pair of shorts. I mean, they were all low ball. I ended up selling them for $13 because in my brain, I said, well, I had offered $15 with discounted shipping on Poshmark. And over here, my buyer gets it. I think I only did like $2.99 or $3.99 for shipping because they're so light. Um, So, but I was just flabbergasted. I'm like, how am I getting three separate offers within a day? One was 11, one was 12, and one was $13. (laughs) All different buyers for the same pair of weird shorts that received no attention on, I mean, received attention, right, but, but it's no like, bites. but no bites. I mean, I find Torrid to be that way, Pink to be that way on Poshmark where I get likes all day long, but nobody like goes for it. Yeah. I just, I just send offers and they take a while to sell. But yeah, I was like, so that was kind of an aha moment to me, as Oprah would say, because I'm like, well, maybe I really do need to list more of my like Nike, um, Under Armour, Adidas, you know, like Under Armour really doesn't sell for me on Poshmark. It just doesn't. And so, but I have Under Armour and it's mostly because um, it's my boys. My mother-in-law bought a ton of it for Rocco and Anthony. And now it's just, they didn't wear it so much. Now I have a ton of it. So a lot of it is just stuff that I'm, is mine mm-hmm. or I'll pick up Under Armour at the bins if it's a dollar and it's like a nice $30 sweatshirt, you know? Right. So, but it doesn't sell on Poshmark for me. So that was just a moment that I'm still learning happened yesterday. And I was like, oh gosh, I mean, okay, maybe this is something I'm going to spend some time cross posting these brands over to eBay. Yeah, I think eBay, you can definitely sell those. Um, I don't even, not even mall brands because mall brands sell on Poshmark too, but just those items that may seem more basic for a Poshmark buyer, Yep, sell on eBay, 100%. Just or like a more straightforward brand, you know, like yeah. tried and true people, people like Under Armour and, you know, I, yeah, I, 
But I mean, these are things that I'm going to continue to learn as I cross post more. So, right. So it's not really in my toolbox right now because I don't have a lot of experience with cross posting on eBay. So now that I'm ramping up a little bit, I think I'll be able to see more of these trends. Yeah. I mean, there's so many things that I think a lot of the stuff that I'd want to change is just the organizational level of things on my end, right? Like personal things that I could have done a little bit better or maybe paid a little more attention to items with flaws and maybe not pick up so much items with flaws and Mm. just those little things. That's a big tip. I think if I could go back, I would leave behind more flawed items like that I thought I would tend to, and I just never did. It's just right. not my thing. Like some people, uh, my friend, Raffaella, the bins queens, she's the master. Like she makes everything look beautiful. Like she will take home like a little wounded bird until it flies. Like she's right. so, right. so good. It's just not my thing. So yeah. I don't mind working on shoes, but shoes, I feel like even if they're slightly damage I'll pick up because I can always make it look better. Shoes leather. I can always make leather look better. I can yes. always use a magic eraser on a sole. Like things like that. Uh patent leather, different story, very difficult to try to fix. That's one mm-hmm. thing I probably won't pick up anymore because you end up doing more damage than good when it comes to those shoes. Mm. Um you know, suede, I, I will try to fix suede. Suede can be fixed. It requires work, but suede can be fixed. But even like certain stains that are on sweaters or button ups and stuff, like no, Daniela, don't get them because nine times out of ten you can't get it all out. You know, right? It's right. Very difficult because you don't know where that stain came from and how long it's been there. Maybe it's a rust stain, even though it looks like it's dirt. Maybe it's rust from a washing machine or something. You can't get that out. Do you so. ever find Daniela sometimes like you're on the fence with something and you're looking it over and looking it over and you find a stain and you're almost relieved and you're like, okay, no, I can't buy this. Like, <laughs> Okay, good. I can put you back now. Exactly. Because sometimes I'm hemming and hawing. I'm like, should I buy this? Should I not buy this? Should I buy this? And I'm like, oh, nope, there's a hole. Okay, good. I'm not going to buy this. I did <laughs> it just makes my decision so yes. much easier. I did the exact same thing today with two pieces and I was with my sister and she's like, just get it. And I'm like, no, I need to really look at it. I like it, but I don't know. And, and you, know, you go like through 18 different questions, right? And you're like, but it's really great. And the comps look really good, but I really don't know if I should get this. And it's kind of pricey. And then I start inspecting it and it's white. And I'm like, there's got to be something wrong with this. It was white and it was silk and I couldn't find anything. And I was like searching to find something. And I finally found a small little tiny hole in the armpit. It was very small. Couldn't see it. Probably a buyer wouldn't even see it. But I was like, nope, that's my cue. Not yep. getting you. That's what I know. I know. I am very critical of white. I, I It doesn't oh. take much for me to put a white piece back. Yeah. I love it. Like it's so pretty on the shelf and then you just, it just gets so dirty so easily. Yeah, that's probably something I would pick up less white. One thing I do now that even if the piece is not the greatest, I really consider whether or not it will photograph well. Yeah. That's a big consideration. I pass on like periwinkle blue and maroon a lot because those I cannot get the color right because I have artificial lighting in my basement, which I hate. Um, But if I had natural lighting, I'd probably pick it up more. But maroon gets like very either red or, or like... Olive green is another one. Olive green does not photograph well. Oh, yeah. I haven't seemed to have a problem with olive green. I have such an issue. Maybe it's because my wall's not completely white and it's almost like an off creamy white. Mm -hmm. Olive green shows up really. It doesn't have a true olive green hue to it. Yeah. So those are things that I take into consideration now. Like if I'm looking at two items, I just say, oh, this will photograph so much better. I'm going to choose this over this. Mm -hmm. And you know, it actually works because you know, we do, uh, what we do is visual and people 
buy with their eyes and they, if they see a piece that's beautiful and I myself, am not a big patterned, busy print person, but I tend to buy a lot of prints because I think they just pop in a photo. Yeah. And they just look good. And they're different. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's tough sometimes to push a basic on Poshmark. Yeah. I agree. Just, you know, I have a a theory t-shirt. It's men's it's brand new. I might just keep it for myself. It, it's not going to move. Like it, it has no likes. I've relisted it three times. It's the new label. It doesn't matter. First of all, it's theory, which is in and of itself a problem because it just doesn't move. Um, I have it priced at like $30. It's still not moving. I think I'm just going to keep it. It's a yeah. basic white t-shirt. Like why did I even bother? I mean, maybe that's a real, real thing. Are they taking theory? I don't know. I mean, I could send it to thread up, I guess, but not right now because their wait time is just way too long. I mentioned that in my video today, that that's just like on my list of things to do to get reorganized. But is there, I think I heard somebody talking about like an expedited. Yeah, you can pay for expedited processing, which I don't, but there's still a wait. I don't know how long it is um, for expedited processing. And then, um, yeah, I mean, I didn't do any of my stuff because it's all, most of it's donations or stale items in the bins. So I don't care. And it, it can sit for months on end. I really don't care at this point. Um, right. But I do have one bag that I'm saving and I have one Lux label, which I'm saving. Um, I'm going to wait, like I'm, I'm going to probably wait till the end of the year to send like a final one of like actual items that I care about that I want processed in a, a, you know, a quicker turnaround time. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. That's all been interesting to me. There's been a lot of talk about thread up and stuff lately. So yeah. Yep. I'm no real, real, no real boxes for me right now. Not right now. I'm going to wait a little bit longer. I might start back up with them come January. Um, I have real, I have real, real stuff in there right now. That's, you know, it's working its way through. I've sold a few pieces. I think I sent in 16 and they sent me back. I was annoyed because I sent in a vintage Christian Dior suit and they sent me back the skirt and they kept the blazer. Oh, that's not okay. Isn't that weird? Uh, They've done that before. They've also like priced them separately instead of pricing them together. And if you, they they usually price it higher when it's separated, but when it's together, they price it lower for whatever reason. Um, I don't know. Maybe it's a marketing. And I sent them a Max Mara suit and they only have the jacket listed and I'm not even seeing the skirt and the skirt didn't come back to me. So you can 100% email them. So I've learned this with them because I had an issue where they couldn't find an item. They have cameras set up all, all around all the warehouses and they can, they look back to when your box was received and like date stamped the whole thing and they can see who was working on it at what time. Like they must track it that way, which employee worked on what box at what time kind of thing. And mm. they will watch the video and see where your item went. So if it gets accidentally lost or in the shuffle, they can pinpoint where it is. If they can't find it, they will pay you out for whatever they would have listed it at. That's interesting. I need to go back and look at my original, um, you know, I did a a list of what I sent in to just be clear on everything. Yeah. I think, you know, it, it wasn't helpful that a pandemic happened right in the middle of you sending. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That was a little blip. So the warehouses <laughs> shut down and all like that. not even like too worried about it. You know what I yeah. mean? They have the, the jacket price pretty high. If that sells, I'll be happy. I'm not too worried about it, but yeah. Before we end, remember that Max Meyer coat that I had found that like oh, yeah. kept going back and forth with the real, real kept getting returned right yes. over again. So it was finally, finally, 
it, so they always accepted it. They just never resized it. So they never went back and measured it. And I was like on their case about it. Then the pandemic happened. And I was like, all right, I'm going to lay off a little bit because they're mostly shut down. Where my coat was, was actually at the warehouse that was shut down. All my other items were in the New Jersey location, which was open, I believe. Mm-hmm. The New Jersey one that was open. I don't remember. Uh, my other items were at the location that was open. And then the location that was closed where the coat was. So uh, when I heard that they had reopened, at limited capacity, I emailed them and said, Hey, I'm really, I'm not trying to be a pest, but you've had this since November of last year. It's now May. Like I need you to list this. I it's now we're like, we're past the time of like when it would even sell. Like I'm not going to even get the same value for it. So can you please look into it, get it resized and list it for me? They were very receptive. They did it. The sizing was wrong. They had it originally as an extra small. It was a medium. So that made a big difference. Yes. Sold surprisingly, um, within a day of it being listed as it did before too. And I ended up getting less money, which kind of grinds my gears a little bit, but why would you get less money? Did they price it less? They priced it less because it's out of season. So then instead of pricing it at the 1300, it got priced at, um, a thousand. Yeah. Wow. I mean, in the grand scheme of things, it's not that big, like I shouldn't complain because I paid, you know, 549 for the, Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah, I should not complain. Like, I'm, I'm not trying to be a brat. You got 400? I got, yeah, it was like five and change, something like that. Yeah. Oh my well, God, that's phenomenal, Daniel. It is. It's amazing. And I'm very excited for that payment to come through in a few days. However, you know, I could have gotten, I was going to get closer to 700. But well, is, you know, it is what it is. It is so, what it is. No, no. That's one of those just smile and be like, this is awesome. <laughs> yep. Yeah, and they haven't returned it. Like it's a done deal. No, it's it is a done day. deal. It has been almost a full month. They have not returned. It. I haven't checked in a couple of days, but I'm going to go with it hasn't been returned. I'll check. That's awesome. <laughs> I love that. That is a good note to end on. Yes, 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 yes. So thank right, you. Well, this was really fun. Went by fast as always. I yeah. love talking shop with you and just chatting about the thrifted life. I know. We will get together very soon, my friend. We will go on adventures. You know where to find me. I know. I know where you live. (laughs) (laughs) All right, everyone. Well, thank you so much for tuning into this episode of Thrifters Villa. um, And we appreciate you listening. And we will be back. Daniela will be be back next week with a coffee talk. Yes, I will. And then uh, Lori and I will be back the week after that. So I hope you guys have a great week. And we'll talk to you soon. Thanks, everyone. Bye. Bye. Today's sponsor is Hero Cosmetics. They sent us over the Mighty Patch, which is a hydrocolloid acne patch. My son Rocco tried these out, and we were both so impressed with the results. He had a bad breakout, so he stuck on a Mighty Patch original overnight, and in the morning, his pimple was totally flat. The patch had gently absorbed the pimple. Unlike some of the harsher products on the market, the Mighty Patch was so effective without irritating his skin. You could see all of the gunk that it removed right on the patch. Very cool. If you want to try the Mighty Patch for yourself or for someone in your family, use the code THRIFTERS15 for 15% off at herocosmetics.com. Now back to the show.